You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same king prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Yes, good morning everyone. Welcome to Mobile Rolling here, of course, being a Monday. It's the South Australian edition. Of course, there's no harness racing in Adelaide today, though. We, uh, of course, race tomorrow night uh, at Globe Derby. It's an eight-race program there tomorrow from headquarters. We had Port Pirie last night, and, of course, we had um, Globe Derby on Saturday night. So um, no harness racing today, but we do have the show to... To discuss, and I guess uh, what better way to do that than, than chat about all things South Australian harness racing with the CEO of Harness Racing in South Australia, um, Dean Elliott, who was about to join us. Uh, good morning to you, Dean. Good morning, Tim. Yes, how, how are the tonsils going? We've had four or four meetings in five days with today, uh, the only um, race-free day in, in South Australia. How, how's the voice coping? Yeah, the voice is going okay. It was a little bit scratchy last night at Port Puri for a couple of races, but it um, wasn't too bad. And, and of course, yeah, we made the trip back last night. So uh, not a bad turnout last night crowd-wise at Port Puri. And I guess so Sunday twilights, Dean, it's one of the questions I was going to ask you is uh, what's the turnover like on those? The Sunday twilights, they're not too bad. As we know, there was some feature racing in Hong Kong yesterday. So... Um, you know, there were a lot of uh, hunting eyeballs on, on, on the product yesterday. I guess, as a rule of thumb, uh, probably anything after uh, after sort of 7.30pm, 8pm, it starts to really drop off, as you could understand, after a mm. big weekend and people switching to, to other things. Um, um, so, but certainly in that twilight period, it's, uh, it, it, can be, it can be quite positive for sure. Yeah, and I've noticed a couple of meetings coming up recently. In the next couple of weeks, we've got some Tuesday night harness racing. Now, I know you've told me in the past that the Tuesday nights are normally a really good night as far as turnover is concerned. That's right. And look, as you know, we've, we've sort of locked in pretty much on a Saturday night and Monday afternoon schedule at Globe Derby. Um, uh, there is some flexibility and some movement in, at certain times of the year and um, if there are clashes and so forth, we're more than happy to go to a, a Tuesday night. And turnover certainly on a Tuesday night is probably, well, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure I'm not giving away any secrets, but it's probably, mm. you know, 15 to 20 percent better on a Tuesday night than a, than a Monday afternoon, particularly early in a Monday yeah. afternoon for, for obvious reasons. So if the choice was there to race Tuesdays or Mondays, it would definitely be a Tuesday. Well, look, our friends at Sky Channel, uh, and uh, they do a great job accommodating for us, and we, we need to fit in on, on the schedule as it um, where, where we're deemed appropriate. Look, if I had a choice, I'd, we would race more on a Tuesday. Uh, Monday mm. has got some, some other benefits, though, but, but certainly, um, yeah, if we can get our hands on a few more Tuesdays, and, and, and the team at Sky Channel uh, are really good. With Brad Clark and the guys there do a mm. fantastic job on that front, um, and we've got a good working relationship that you know needs to be mutually beneficial. So you know that's one of the things about turning a negative into a positive. We're a smaller jurisdiction, that just means we've got more agility at times to make these tw- changes and 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 be flexible. So we'll certainly do that in, and enjoy some upside together. Mm. All right. Well, the Country Cups have just finished, uh, Dean. Um, it's been a wonderful series, and I guess I was able to get to most of them. Unfortunately, uh, with the Port Pirie cancellation of the Cup, um, I had some annual leave booked in, so I wasn't able to get there for Cup night. But 
I guess outside of the Port Pirie Cup with the, the cancellation of that Saturday night, I think, you know, Harness Racing SA would be pretty proud of what they achieved there. I'm not sure what the turnover was like, Dean, but you went to most of them as well and, and they had some really good turnouts. Yeah, that's right. If we cast their mind back to, to the end of February, it all kicked off at Strathalbyn and then moved to the southeast at Mount Gambia um, and then back to Kapunda and Gawler and Victor Harbour and, and, as you mentioned, the final at Port Pirie, which was scheduled for a big Saturday night on the 15th of April. Um, and the club had a lot of wonderful activations planned and had a big crowd coming up. But um, the weather gods um, uh, were playing mm. a little bit of havoc and we had to postpone that to the following Tuesday. And, and I think we also got a couple of 28-degree days a couple of days later just to rub the salt in the wound. So it was a little bit yeah. of luck of the draw there. But look, overall, Tim, uh, and as you, you would have known firsthand in calling these races in both the pacing and trotting ranks, it was really even, really competitive. It epitomised South Australian racing and, and what we wanted to achieve from this um, Country Cup mm. series. Um, and, you know, some of these horses that had either just graduated into fast class or had been old stalwarts all had their chance. And I feel like a lot of the prize money got shared around, um, the, the results got shared around and, and cut night. Um, with with a with a long price winner in the pacing cup with Maharaja mm. and and uh, and Millie's Magic who had been so consistent without winning in the um, uh, throughout the series that really epitomised uh, that you know w- w- what we were trying to achieve out of the series. Uh, Maharaja established himself last year at the Strathalbyn Cup in 2022 and since then he's been um, you know really competitive in those ranks and uh, and obviously had a you know, great run in transit and, and was given a fantastic drive and, and, and Millie's Magic, very similar as well. So for Heather Stevens and, and Claire Goble, the you know, girl power was to the fore um, there on, on Port Perry Cup night and it was, yeah, it was just wonderful to see. Yeah, it certainly was. A lot of highlights and, um, as you mentioned, a few of them there. Um, you know, for me, getting around to, to calling at some of these racetracks too, Dean, it was uh, a real privilege. I haven't seen or haven't been to a few of these different racetracks to call at. And, and one of them was Gawler and I must admit... Um, I know it's it's got its challenges as far as no lighting etc out there, but I was really impressed with the surface of the Gawler Harness Racing track and just the setup itself. Uh, you can sort of see down the track there potentially could be some some extra meetings given to Gawler at some point, Dean, because it's such a fabulous surface and it's close to it's close to Globe Derby. It's only what 15 minutes up the freeway. Yeah, well said, Tim. It's potentially a somewhat an underutilized resource at the moment that we're. A few little finishing touches need to go on um, to potentially ha- ha- get a few more meetings during the year. And as you said, it's our most, mm. uh, you know, recently built track, most modern track, and, and a great surface. And um, and and yeah, it would be nice to be able to think we could run more meetings there. We're sort of right smack bang in the middle of a big chunk of our horse population in Gawler, and only 15 or 20 mm. minutes up the road from Globe Derby as well. So it's got a lot in its favour. Um, and uh, yeah, look, it would have been. Look, Gawler was another tr- another event affected by uh, the rain as well, and um, and we had to move that. We had to move postpone that meeting by 24 hours too. So that was that was a little bit disappointing not to get mm. that real Sky One premium coverage at, at Gawler and transition to Sky Two the following day. But um, you know, it's an outdoor sport, and that's one thing we can't control is the weather. So. Um, but look, there, there's plenty of upside in Gawler and, um, and, and I think in terms of how it would work with Globe Derby, I would hope that mm. one day it could very much complement Globe Derby. Um, you know, it, it gets used mm. you know, twice a week, every week 
all year. And then who knows down the track if there's a time where it just needs a little freshen up from up here or there, and, and we can tra- we can have some Monday day meetings at at, uh, at Gawler, as you mentioned. Um, it, they don't they don't have lights there. So look, we'll have a look a look at ways that we can certainly complement mm. Club Derby and, and our and our participant group um, to be able to just have the best mix of, of, of those tracks. At the, at the moment, it's sort of probably where where it should be. Um, it's not to say in the future that there, you know, won't, mm. won't be some just you know small little tweaks. Just on Globe Derby, Dean, we spoke about three months ago in regards to the the sale, the the news about the sale of the land outside the track. Has there been any more uh, development there? Do we know any more about what's happening and, and what the timelines will be? Uh, the timelines. I think we need to. Uh, there's a few things that need to happen, um, uh, but they'll be sort of turning dirt. Um, probably in 12 months or just under 12 months' time, so in, in 2024. And then, look, in mm. terms of having their property development up and running in, and, and it's sort of providing a revenue stream for them, that, that won't be until 2027. So it's sort of a, a medium-term project. And, you know, I've been on the phone a couple of times, probably once a week, to, to Mr Kevin Seymour, who's obviously a big part of this development, and he's essentially created a joint venture with the club. Um, to, uh, to support them through this process, um, and, and so yeah, it, it, it's come at a it's come at the perfect time. And um, yeah, there's a few things that need to happen for me. Wearing my, you know, HRSA mm. hat, uh, we need to mm. have that. Uh, make sure that all the training facilities um, are, are not affected by the property development, and the main mm. thing being the training track. So we're working on a few ideas um, on how that can be achieved, and obviously we want. We don't want to be complacent. We want the club to have an upgrade in facilities moving into the future, and we want to encourage trainers to uh, keep recruiting horses, keep replenishing their stocks, and, and, and have that confidence to race. So that comes with an increase in prize money, but it also comes in with an upgrade of facilities as well. So we're hyper aware of that, and we'll um, and, and we've got a bit of time at our sleeve before sort of anything happens um, or anything needs to happen on that front. Yeah, okay, Dean. Um, now, about th- three months ago as well, you also mentioned that the SA um, government were obviously looking at, uh, well, there's been a lot of uh, propositions made and in regards to some funding that's you know desperately needed in all the codes here in South Australia. Do we have an update from the SA government as far as what sort of help they're going to, uh, to go there with us, with Harness Racing and SA? Yeah, it's quite a timely question, Tim, with the state government to, you know, announce their budget in May and... and uh being the, the first of the month today. So uh, we've had a lot of meetings between the three codes, so the Racing and Wagering South Australia, um, you know, weekly meetings comprising of the three chairs and the three CEOs um, in each code. And I can say that, you know, we've worked really well together. We've not only in the last sort of six months that we've been meeting regularly, but in the last, um, well, ever since I've been here and, and, and further the last, call it, two years have been really lobbying hard for an increase in the rebate that we get in in pop tax or the pass-through rate Mm. which it's known as as well and as you know other Mm. states get between uh can range between a 30 percent rebate and up to 80 percent um uh such as you know queensland and tasmania Uh, and and south australia is at a non-competitive amount of 10 percent so Mm-hmm. That equals, you know, for, for all three codes, the dollar terms of that, that will, uh, you know, to increase that just up to the next uh, worst off state at 30%, we, 
would be uh, an overnight change to prize money and an overnight change to um, you know a, a lot of you know funding in a lot of areas. So it's it's really really crucial um, that we get an uplift in that area. And we in South Australia, look, we'll, we'll keep increasing prize money. You know, we'll keep moving forward. However, the other states are going to move forward quicker than we are, and that means that the mm. gap will widen and it will make it harder to keep horses and people here uh, as a consequence. So, mm. you know, we've, we've made that very visible, almost um, to the point of being a pest to the government, I, I might say. Like, they are, they are very, very much aware um, of how this dynamic works and that we need to grow the pie together. Um, so now it comes down to their appetite. And, um, and we've done all the lobbying in the world we can do. There's all the education and understanding out there. Everyone's on the same page now. It just comes down to, to actions and not words. And, and, and I really hope that the South Australian government do, do support uh, the, the racing codes. And any, any change that's done will be for all three codes. Um, and, uh, yeah. and so that's why it was so important to work together on that as Racing and Wagering South Australia, which we've done. And, you know, the... The proof will be in the pudding in a few weeks, and it really, it really dictates our future in, in so many ways. And mm. um, you know, let, let's keep our fingers crossed that we can come up to some kind of national benchmark, and we're you know at least 30% of that pass-through rate of POC tax monies to come back um, into the into South Australian racing industry, so we can invest it not just in prize money, but you know, there's you know, there's animal welfare, and there's infrastructure, there's people, there's pathways, mm. and so many areas. Um, which, which needs some attention across all codes and, and, and the way to achieve that is to make us or bring us up to some level of national benchmark so we can strive to be competitive because without us, we're not competitive and, we're, and, the, gap, and the gap's going to keep widening and really, in, in some ways, it will seal our fate. So it, it can't be underestimated how important this uh, coming announcement is. No, exactly. We look forward to seeing in the next few weeks what happens there. Um, look, thanks for that, Dean. Um, so we're expecting an answer, basically, from the government in the next three or four weeks. Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, we had the, our, our final sit-down with them last week um, on the back of our final sort of uh, written submission to them. Um, you know, communications have been really constant, especially since October. We've also um, lobbied not just from Racing and Wagering SA's point of view, but we've got some, you know, we've had some really influential people uh, involved in different segments of, of racing and some high-profile people as well that have really told, uh, you know, told a tale of, of, of their involvement and, um, you know, how this would affect South Australian racing just to make sure that all the perspectives and viewpoints have been given. So there's been no mm. st stone left unturned. And, yeah, that's, a, that's roughly the time frame that we'll, that we'll know something, Tim. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed, eh? All right. F fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. It'll be a great uh, way to kick off, I guess, May or go into the, the months of June and beyond uh, with some exciting, uh, you know, some exciting information there and some funding coming from the government. Now, what's happening in May, Dean, is, um, of course, uh, it's a great cause and it's happening Australia-wide, of course. It's the Pacing for Pink campaign. Now, from what I understand, uh, from what I've been told, all the drivers sport the pink pants during the month of May and this is... Uh, part of the McGrath Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, Dean? Yeah, that's right. This has grown into a, a fantastic national incentive from the, the harness racing industry. And as we know, we, um, you know, we do some great work already with Team Teal and being able to extend this to the month of May for, um, for 
Pacing in Pink and the McGrath Foundation and Awareness in Breast Cancer. Uh, yeah, we're really excited to, you know, on a national level, join forces here. So, you know, it's something that started in Victoria and, and then last year grew some legs and had a national presence. And, and this year it's, it's grown even further. And from South Australia's perspective, we've got 13 of our drivers who are participating. So, you know, as of today and, well, for South Australia, be as of tomorrow at, at, at Globe, that uh, well, there'll be 13 of our drivers um, wearing the, um, you know, pacing in pink. And um, and th there's like there's a really good mix. I'm, I'm really happy to see some of the young guys and some of our established mm. drivers as well. We've even got well, Danny Hill being our leading drivers involved, of course, and, and her young daughter Brooke, um, who does some pony trotting. Even she's going to be involved. So um, you know the pony trotting community is a, is a strong one here in South Australia. We had a great representative at the, at the Inter Dominion last year. So they've got a wide range of sponsors who have jumped on board as well. So. You know, I'm sure we'll be promoting that, and I'm sure with some of the great work mm. that you're doing on on Facebook and social media at the moment, Tim, with your pre-race and pre-meeting interviews, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll 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 increase and grow that awareness out to our audience. Perhaps we just need to come up with uh, some more pink activity there at uh, at Globe, perhaps Dean, or maybe someone needs to to throw me a pink shirt to wear on some of these. Uh, social media videos that we're doing through the month of May because um, it, it's all it's all for a great cause and I think the more we can paint the place pink where we're out there doing our business and, you know, I think the roof needs painting in the broadcast box, Dean. Perhaps we can go a pink colour. Yeah, why not? I'll throw your red hat in with your white shirt that you wear every, every week and we can <laughs> it'll just naturally turn pink. But <laughs> I think they're all great ideas. But yeah, certainly look out for a bit of a bit of presence there. Um, on that front. So, uh, no, it's great to see so many people get behind a, a really worthy cause. And, you know, through the sporting ranks, we've seen how good the pink ball test has been and how popular that's been in, in, in years gone by. So it's fantastic mm. that harness racing has really attached itself to another um, really, really important cause um, there through the McGrath Foundation. We'll mention those sponsors in a moment for each of those drivers. But, Dean, um, just one more thing before you go. The SA Pacing Cup, I know you touched on it in sort of late January. Is that still on target to be run late October? Is that where we're looking? Yeah, that's right. We'll, we're sort of releasing, I would say, we'll release all of our feature, a couple of our feature race details for later in the year, uh, probably in the, well, in the next 24 hours, if not today, tomorrow. And, you know, the SA Country, mm -hmm. the SA Cup, is going to be a centre point of that, and uh, that will be run on Saturday the 29th of October. And essentially, here what the aim is is to have an autumn, you know, an autumn feature, an autumn, a big autumn target, and a spring one as well. And you know, there's so much happening in October on a racing front that's really beneficial for us. And we want to keep, you know, uh, growing that time of the year. And so, you know, moving the SA Cup to that time of year has so many benefits. It will be a, uh, a heats into finals concept as well and we'll be, mm -hmm. you know, opening up the borders for that too and increasing some prize money to that race. So, so in terms of prize money, I'd love to tell you today what it's going to be worth, but honestly, it's a lot of it's based on, you know, what's happening with mm -hmm. the government behind closed doors and how much yep. um, support we're getting from them. So I don't want to go off too soon on that front. Mm -hmm. But, you know, having a big autumn feature and a series that you know, highlights all of our country circuits um, and then being able to have, you know, the jewel in the crown in October, um, I mm. think that is a really good balance and it gives, you know, two bites of the cherries in South Australia and two slightly different um, styles as well, whereas, you know, in autumn, it will all about be the locals and, and, and 
sort of the survival of the fittest throughout the series, but then in, in October, um, you know, having that, having that crowning jewel there for mm. the Pacers and the Trotters. And um, we'll also have a couple of leader. I guess a key point of that, Tim, is that we'll have two races for both Pacers and Trotters leading up to those heats and finals that will be uh, ballot-free. So if you win them, you straight into the final. Yep. Um, sort of, you know, okay. we, we see that in the in other codes at the moment, and I think it works really well. Mm. So that's all to be announced yep. in, in the next 24 hours. All right. Well, months, uh, May is going to be a big month. Let's hope it's a, it's a promising one and an exciting one. We get the funding from the government we need. And uh, well, we might chat with you, Dean, sort of middle of June if we can and, and get a bit more of an update of where we're going. Absolutely. Anytime, Tim. All right. Thanks, Dean. Dean Elliott there, our guest here on Mobile Rolling, talking all things Harness Racing SA. And basically what it comes down to is uh, we're hoping that the SA government get right behind all three codes of racing here in SA. And, and, a, and a decision is, is imminent. Uh, we're in the next three or four weeks away from from getting that decision, and, and hopefully it's it's a promising one for all three codes here in SA.